Thanks for listening to the Agnana Chit Chat. This is the second and final part of the conversation between Sarah and I about reality TV. Let's get right into it. But to my question for you, as someone who like, you know, you can see all the signs, you can like, oh, I can see that like coming a mile away. Do you have to suspend your disbelief or do you actually enjoy it all the more knowing how it was made? I think I do half-half. Like, I'll watch it as a casual watcher and be like, oh, this is fun. They're having a party for a one-year-old. Um, they're having, you know, a, a shaman come to the beach and... Best scene ever, <laughs> by the way. Or the, the celebrity medium who needed a pad and just started drawing satanic uh, illustrations. <laughs> <laughs> but I often watch these things... Um, and then reflect on it. So I'll give you an example. This isn't reality, but it's a vlogger that I watched. And his name is Adventures with Lei, L-E-I, and he's a man from China. And so I started, you know, I guess I watch a lot of uh, traveling vlogs um, to very border cities because those really interest me in terms of how the cultures mix, um, in terms of like how just how they live every day. And, you know, yeah. this this guy, I call him Inspector Lei because his uh, title in Mandarin is Lei Tanzang, which means Inspector Lei. But it, he calls it Adventures with Lei. Anyways, he has a lot of uh, video vlogs on YouTube where he goes to Xinjiang. And in North America, we all know what's happening there. You know, the detention, the Uyghur detention camps, yeah. children being stuck in these daycares where, when their parents are in the detention camp. So... At first, I watched an episode of him in, like, I think Kenya, and then, like, Bangladesh, and then, like, uh, but he goes to these really uh, less explored places, you know, Tibet, Mongolia. So particularly in this episode where he goes to Xinjiang, multiple episodes, he was, like, vlogging himself, but he also all of a sudden had this, you know, aesthetically beautiful in Chinese, you know, standards woman and who was like changing into traditional like uh Uyghur clothing giving him a tour mm -hmm. and i had watched like vice documentaries of them going in uh, to the same region and filming and they were stopped by police they were asked for their passports their their yeah. footage was deleted and after i finished watching it i was like oh my god it's propaganda like he's literally showing them like this is the food that we eat here this is the beautiful woman that's my tour guide you know she speaks proper mandarin yeah. um so I, I think when i'm watching tv especially reality i like to take my brain off you know similar to what i say with but this give your brain a yeah. massage but it's when i finish and I, I reflect and i'm like oh my god this is soft power this is propaganda i'm a hundred percent the ch uh, 90 99.8 percent positive that the Chinese government is helping him produce the show. Oh, if, yeah. I mean, without a doubt. Yeah. And they only show the beautiful parts that, you know, he's like, this is the beautiful market. These are, you know, the late. And he like goes up to students and is like, are you a student? He like in his poor English, he's like, are you a student? You're beautiful. And I was just like, that's it's a very like bizarre, you know, to watch. But I also like to watch the natural ways people act in these vlogs and you would think that a vlogger is an independent maker but the more i think of it i was like there's no way he can get that access no way people aren't gonna check him no. um and stop him and like there's no way he sits down and there's like a spread of like regional cuisines in front of him so i'm positive <laughs> that, you know, and i thought about it I'm like oh man this is propaganda and if i was like you know 
someone who didn't know or read or keep up with the what's going on in in Xinjiang with the Uyghurs, like I would think, what a beautiful time, what a beautiful place. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. So, so have you then stopped watching him? I have not. That? No. Yeah. No, because I I just. I'm curious about, so my dad watches a lot of Chinese news, like Chinese broadcasted news. And the things he says to me, I'm just, I'm like, do you know that it's like the national TV station, aka like the country's mouthpiece? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's like watching Fox News. Um, but I have seen this man, Inspector Lei, go to like Bangladesh. I've seen him go to Pakistan. I've seen him, uh, he was in Mongolia. And I, I appreciate his uh bravery i don't that's a bad word to use but he's very like keen in um putting himself in the spot so for example if he sees someone making naan he'll be like can i try and then he'll get it on the vlog you know he there was an episode where he was this is totally straying off reality tv but (laughs) there was an episode where he was carving uh he wanted to find an eagle bone that was carved into a flute or recorder and that's a tradition, I believe, either in Xinjiang or Mongolia. I forget which one. And so he went all through this place to find this guy who wasn't home because he went to a wedding. So his son, who's seen him, you know, uh, make that the recorder, did it for him. And then he was sharpening the eagle's bones. And, you know, just he's so like he puts himself in that like uh, very documentary position where he's. Do like, we actually feel like he really genuinely is doing these things or are they setups? Like, do we feel like he sort of, like, pretended to, like... I think, so, for other episodes, it definitely is, like, he just meets people on the street, in the supermarket. Um, he's very, like, shameless with, like, being like, uh, can you take me to your house? Like, he'll have his camera yeah. on and be like, can you take me to your house? I'm... And he's quite popular. So people will be like, oh, I've seen you on the on the, on the the vlogs. Yeah. So, you know, he'll sit down with, like, a business owner in Kenya whose wife is, like, native or local there. And they'll talk about... So it's it's very interesting. He's very shameless. And, you know, because sometimes as journalists, I don't know about you, but when I was young, definitely, like, I was embarrassed to, you know, maybe at a press conference, embarrassed to ask a question or, yeah. you know, but he's he's not embarrassed at all. Um, I was going to say, this guy should be a journalist because, like, I hate yeah. even cold calling someone, let alone inviting myself over to their house. Yeah. So there was one he was in, where was he in? He was in this border country in China, and it was like a holiday to the next day. So there was no cars like being rented. They, they were all like, um, they were all out of like uh, stock. And so one of the owners was like, "Oh my God, you're Inspector Lei from YouTube." And he's like, "Yeah, blah, blah, I need a car to like get to this next destination." And the guy, uh, the the owner was like, "All right, let me see what I can do for you." He like texts someone. He's like, "All right, get to this location, pick up your car tomorrow." So like. That makes me feel like it's it's uh, serendipitous, yeah. but um, who knows if the Chinese government has like agents just like walking along with him? You know, so, like, <laughs> what is Inspector Lei but reality TV? Because like, <laughs> yeah. honestly, like this is essentially like it's just like self mediated reality TV. Right. Like all those vloggers and all of that. Like yeah, they're all just making their own version of reality TV. Yeah. So I exactly. feel like Inspector Lei is in fact very relevant to <laughs> our I think you might enjoy watching him actually. <laughs> As I was saying, I'm bookmarking that for later viewing. <laughs> but again, um, it's like it doesn't stop you from enjoying it, even though you, you no. have doubts about, you know, the authenticity of the creation and all of that. Like yeah. so with Made in Chelsea, which we'll talk about in a second, like it's a fairly well known fact that so they'll have a lot of like scenes set at nightclubs or okay. like, at parties. But it's sort of like an open secret that like those aren't in fact they're not actually at the nightclub. We're not they're not actually at a party. It's like they have a bunch of extras 
in a room with them. <laughs> and, like, it's 2 p.m. on a Tuesday, even though it purports to be, like, you know, midnight on a Friday. And, like, the, the music that you hear in the background is, like, put in post. Post, yeah. So it's, it's literally just a bunch of people pretending to be at a party. But like I all can't the, really all the, like, hear you! What'd yeah. you say? <laughs> but, and like, I, that's how you know it's not actually happening, because they're able, able to have, like, coherent conversations, like, at the <laughs> yeah. club, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not happening. But, like, that doesn't stop me from enjoying those scenes, and also from believing the drama that goes down at the scenes. Yeah, okay. Even though, like, I'm like, I feel like even though the setup is fake the the human interaction in the setup isn't inauthentic or it doesn't feel it they may be the best right. actors ever but you i don't know you you can know these things and still yeah. enjoy it do you think it's heightened because they expect people to perform as actors because i mean you have seasons of housewives and then you have the uh what do you call it their after show or the rap or something is that what they call yeah. it like that always blows up in everyone's face and i wonder I've seen Andy Cohen interview them a couple times, and I think he's adding fuel to the fire on purpose. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, the reunion <laughs> is the best episode. Yes, the reunion. Of, that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Of, there's often multiple, like, episodes of the reunion. But, like, to me, the reunion's really interesting because it's always filmed once the series has aired, as far as I understand. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So what I always like about those is you're getting, like, each other reacting to things that have been said on the show and you like you sort of learn about like there's a lot of like behind the scenes like oh like you know Mm. someone like you tweeted this at me and like how could you tweet that or like you subtweeted me and like those are always far more interesting than the actual like the drama that precedes them because like it feels like you're getting a glimpse into the actual off-camera yeah reality of their lives yeah these reality stars I gotta get on hey you I really do but I I want to say there's one reality show that I missed 90 Day Fiance. Are you are you a fan? No, I've only ever watched it like uh, like an episode if there was nothing else on TV and I was like in a vacation house. It's it's one of those ones that like sort of has, it's never appealed. Okay. It, just, it also like it reminds me slightly, and they're not even really the same, but um, Married at First Sight. Oh yes, I've seen a few episodes of that. Apparently the Australian one is very good in that it's very bonkers. But, like, again, that's that's another one that's sort of, like, just... Which is why I'm actually surprised I like Love is Blind, because I don't generally yes. enjoy the, like, the let's, the let's get married. Let's roll into Love is Blind. Um, so, do you want to summarize the show for people who haven't watched it? Yeah. So, it's essentially... <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's, like, it's a social experiment. It's, like, positioned as a social experiment, where they get a bunch of single men, a bunch of single women... The men are on one side of a wall, the women are on the other side of a wall, and the idea is you walk into a booth, like, so with, there's a woman on one side, a man on the other side, you can't see each other, but you can hear each other. And the idea is you're meant to form some level of bond through the series of conversations you have, having never seen each other, that by the time you're out of stage one of the experiment, you have either proposed someone or been proposed to. And if you Bonkers! Don't, you're... You're off the island. But the show doesn't end there. No. Like, then you actually have to sort of, like, you're on the route to the altar. And the final episode is, like, do they say yes or do they say no? Yes. Yeah. And it, it is a ride. And what the great news is, there's a second season coming. Stop! Any day now. Any day now. 
So <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, so the couples who end up getting pro- so they propose to each other literally through a wall. I mean, I guess the yeah. set was built really nicely because it they had an overhead shot of the pods and it kind of looked like, you know, like the when you're buying a house and those miniature like models, it kind of looked like yeah. that because it was a it was a bird's eye view of the pods. So you could see the women and you can see the men um, speaking to each other. And they would get very close to that wall that um, divided them, you know, like touching the wall or like putting, like their, they could t- yeah. <laughs> like putting their face <laughs> onto it. And um, so you have to like like Sarah said, you have to propose to that person through the wall and you've only heard their voice. You've never seen what they look like. Yeah. But I want to say they're all like, okay, like, nobody was like, I mean, I feel like you're everyone's everyone has a foot and you're everyone's foot. So a, 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 like looks wise, I don't think that's up for judgment. But yeah. Um, and then at the reveal, the the people who propose to each other, they stand on either side and then they run to each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they leap into each other's arms. It's but like to me, like it's it's something else. But I also just think like the fact that you then get to follow them, like mm. as it like keeps going. So as like, these couples are uh, confirmed, they go to this resort. Yes, and so they get this like honeymoon suite, and that is when you know physical interaction starts. You see what this person looks like. You get to. You know, like, I truly believe in, like, physical chemistry in terms of, like, how does this person even smell? Well, and, that, and, like, that's an actual thing. Like, yeah. physiology, like, that's how you choose things. Right. Like, you need a sense of smell. So, yeah, it's just, like, it's it's really interesting because, like, the crazy thing is, like, there are couples who have come out of it and yes. are still married. Yes. Like, that is not to do any spoilers, but, like, that's amazing. We could do spoilers. I think I think people should have watched Lotus Blind by yeah. now. Um, or maybe I'll give a spoiler alert on, on the description. But I also think after they were at that resort for like a week, lots of drama happened because some people yeah. felt like um, they didn't like they weren't sure if they wanted to get married to the person that proposed to them. And then they did they go home to live with that person like they had to be at a home base yeah, so it's interesting, and this is, like, one of those, like, inside baseball things. They must have um, had a talent pool that was all based within Metro Atlanta. Uh, because everyone was able to actually go back to the city that they lived in. Right. And, like, still see each other and, like, live normal life together. Yes, yeah. And I was like, logistically, the only way they do that is if they had, like, a very narrow, <laughs> yeah. like, recruiting pool. Yeah. But, but yeah, and, like, they, I think, do they meet the family? Yes. They, like, they do all of those things. And, and I think... There's, like, decision trees. Like, couples kind of drop off at each stage in this venture. And then, it's been a while, but was there also not a love triangle? There was a love triangle between... Because this is the other... uh, Barnett? Jessica, Mark, Barnett, and... uh, I I have the the, the list up. (laughs) It is... um, Amber and and Barnett. Amber and Matthew Barnett. Um, They're still married. They're still together. So is Lauren and Cameron. Lauren, so Cameron is a, a white man from Atlanta, I believe, or Georgia. Lauren is a black woman. And Cameron had to ask Lauren's father for her hand in marriage. Yeah. And Lauren's father is, I believe, a music producer. So I think he met him at the studio. And I fast forwarded the part where Cameron was rapping. I just yeah. could not watch that. That was not making his case. <laughs> <laughs> I had secondary, like off the screen embarrassment for him like dude that is not what you do 
No, that's not how you impress your father-in-law. Yeah. Especially when he has deep concerns about you on yes. like, multiple levels. <laughs> I think don't he also said something. Like, he says that, like, I have lots of black friends. I'm like, oh, God, do not say that. <laughs> but this, this brings me back to my point about reality TV opening up conversations. Like, people see that on screen. And, like, poor Cameron, who maybe with the best intentions, didn't realize that that is, like, a clangor uh, of a thing to say. Yeah. Like, and that's how we learn lessons and how mm. we, like, hopefully, like, educate ourselves. Right. And how reality TV can help. And in terms of culture, I have the list up. So there's Diamond Jack and Carlton Morton. And this is the one where they were in a resort in Mexico and Carlton revealed that he was bisexual. And yes. that did not go off well. No, I remember that. Yeah, the scene by the pool. Yeah. Where she's... And he called yeah. out her wig. Yeah, he really... <laughs> I mean, again, it was it was great TV, but like, I don't know, it was it was really painful to watch, actually. Like, and, and I, yeah, and I think the backstory is Carlton's father is a pastor. Yeah. And so he was brought up very religious in this household and has never told anyone about his bisexuality and... I think Diamond was really upset because I think it's okay for her, but she, he should have told her that off the bat. And of yeah, course, there yeah. was a lot of there was a lot of discourse. Um, was she in the right? Was she in the wrong? Was he in the right? Was he in the wrong? What about bisexuality in black men? Is that a topic yeah. that people talk about and explore? Is that looked down upon in the community, in other communities? Because um, you hear a lot of bisexual women in any race and gender, uh, in any race, yeah. but you don't hear a lot about gay black men or gay bisexual black men it's it's culturally not there yet i think and i think the the reception that it got on the show i think proves that right like the fact that you know diamond like i think in the end she she wasn't able to move beyond it as i remember yeah. it yeah and like that was a breaking point and it was i don't know again it's like a good conversation to have had yeah and I think they came back in an episode where he apologized to her because once he told her at the pool, he kind of freaked out and gaslit yeah. her and was just like, your wig, I, I forget the line, but made fun of her wig and just like, was like, well, I didn't like you anyways. And it was very sad to see because you could see that he was very much, uh, well, he was crying, but he was yeah. very much hurt from this person not accepting who he was um, as a whole person and that he had to hide this identity. Yeah, and that he then reacted in pain, which yeah. like, often translates as reacting in, you know, anger and all of that. Like, you see a lot of really interesting human behavior on these True. shows. True, yes, you absolutely. See, you, see, you see things modeled that maybe you haven't experienced yourself, but you're like, oh, I, I see how that works. <laughs> so the big wedding reveal, um, of course, couples that kind of broke up and didn't go, like, get to that part... I remember going to that finale party and we would wait for like the wedding to go on. You see the guests and everything. And then we had, we, we paused the show and we're like, let's make bets. Like who says yes, who says no. And then when it happened, we're like, oh my God. Like we were really shocked at some of the, the <laughs> um, results. So I think an explosive one is Giannina and Damien. Yeah. They were the very volatile couple. Very volatile like, couple. They... I want to say, did they break up several times? And she was the, I think they were the one where she ran off because they, spoiler alert, they did not yeah. get married. She ran off like down the driveway of the same, like, <laughs> of the same, like, prom, like, venue that everyone used <laughs> in that show and, like, took her heels off and then came back and yelled at him. Uh, allegedly, they're still together. 
working on that working on that relationship but just no marriage um and that was the shocker for us and then apparently allegedly amber and barnett are still married they did get married on the show and cameron and lauren are still married too yeah no no nobody thought they wouldn't be married um one of the biggest discussions was mark and jessica oh my goodness yes talk about what you think what you thought about the couple in that show well, I think so. They were the one where she was, I want to say, like, nine years older than him. And she, I mean, Jessica on her own was a, I think there was a lot of conversation around Jessica. Yeah. Because she she was the one who I believe was drinking from a glass of wine and very casually dipped it down for her dog to also drink out <laughs> yeah. of as well. I don't know yeah. if you remember that moment. I do. So she was, she was... A, a controversial character to begin with but their relationship was kind of funny because it was sort of this like oh she was saying well I think you're too young for me and he was saying no no, no I'm not then I'm not and I, I it's a little fuzzy in my memory but it later emerged that he was cheating on her oh my god a- like after the show or during oh, the during show during the show I I would like to fact check that but I feel like there were layers to their their dysfunction and just yeah, she were, was also they... hung up on Barnett because during the time when they were in the blind like boxes or like uh, you know cubicles or whatever, she was deciding between Mark and Barnett. Yeah. Um, and now it's like like going back into my memory when they were like living together. Uh, they show like Jessica's home, beautiful. I think I remember it was like very wooden, like all white painted. She has like good taste and like decor and you know finishes on her house and i think she bought her house and then you have mark who like lives with his friend in this like very bachelor looking room that had like one bed like not even a queen size bed i think it was like a twin bed (laughs) (laughs) and then like cups just like around his nightstand table and then they were chatting with his friend and had the girlfriend and just two different lifestyles but i think it part of the conversation that I remember was this idea of like older women uh. and sort of, you know, as an older woman, like was older. I think she's in her thirties. Yeah. Um, she, I think she kept like, saying I'm 33. I'm 33. Yeah. Which is not <laughs> but, even that old. No, it's definitely not old. Yeah. But it was just like this conversation around like, well, she's old. So like, she's lucky that like, that this young guy chose her. Like there were some strange conversations around that and sort of, you know, what happens when you turn a certain age and mm. you just have to take what's left. And yeah. like, I think there are a lot of conversations around how we deal with age and dating and with women in particular. Right. Oh, yeah, that's that's that was definitely put on the show as a, a main topic. But I don't I think most people just was like, I don't like this character and I feel yeah. bad. So, I mean, we're winding down. We might not have time to talk about Made in Chelsea, but we can definitely talk about <laughs> Selling Sunset and Made in Chelsea yes. and our next in chat, because I love that you get really in depth into it and bring a, a different layer that I don't think most people see, because when they're watching reality, they have this perception that is easy, trashy TV. Um, and that's OK, too. That's OK for you to consume and maybe yeah, think about enjoy it. it. Yeah, enjoy it. No, no guilty, nothing like don't even use those words when you're enjoying a production of reality TV. Um, and then I guess the last uh, the last couple was Kelly and Kenny. And I think she left him at the altar. I'm trying to remember them. They like Kenny. they never had sex on the show. Do you remember this one? They like. Oh my goodness! She and was, was she really also small. Not per- 
Yeah, she was quite petite. Was she also not obsessed with Barnett too? Was there also I don't. Not- yeah. I mean, I don't get the appeal of <laughs> Barnett, like but was- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Kenny was just so nice. His parents were there. They looked so. And he, I remember. Uh, I think it's before the wedding. You know, before they walk out, they have like the groomsmen. They have the bridesmaids, which was her mom. And I just was like, if she knew she wasn't going to marry him to go, I guess, you know, of course, it's the the the, the production like it, you, it, the production must go on. Therefore, yeah. you must get into a wedding dress. You must be curling your hair. You must be talking to your mom and your maids of honors. But to go through that process and turn someone down on TV that lives forever. Yeah. I don't know if I could do it. So. I mean, to skip to my next question, because my brain's always jumping around, how much money would it take for you to be on a show like Love is Blind? Extraordinary amounts. Only because you don't get to control your story. Ah. And that is the thing that always worries me about going, (laughs) I've thought about it a lot, about going (laughs) on reality TV, is that, like, you could have one experience, Uh and and in the edit, see it told as an entirely different experience which is something a lot of people have said with reality tv is it's very selectively done and etc etc but also i think just even like the experience of being on a reality tv show you you would you may do things in that bubble that you would never do outside and i think that would worry me because yeah there's a reason it's happened to so many people they're just in the moment and people are egging them on they'll say things like you're right you just really get into the moment here i was thinking 10 million dollars would would do okay for like the after effects and the notoriety and the fame because like a lot of them i was listening to another podcast and they and he's a bachelor uh, which i don't watch maybe i should get into but he's a bachelor and bachelor at like uh analysis guy and a lot of these people get on because they want that follow from the fans and to uh, yeah. propel their business into the next level with their notoriety. But you're right, being represented differently in the cut is is worrisome. I think I would do it though for, now I'm upping the ante. Now I'm like $20 million. <laughs> Although that's like a, a thing that, that that is never gonna happen. I was gonna say, Amy, I think you're gonna like, get $15,000. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> And then I want to go, I want to stay at a resort. I want like all expenses paid. But you're right. It, I think, I, I don't know. I, I, I often wonder, um, and this is a show we didn't talk about either. Uh, what was it? Is it Hot or Not? Or is um Too Hot to Handle also on Netflix? That show was yes. very cringe. And the behavior on that show was also questionable. Um, and it seemed like a lot of it was producer uh, enhanced or written in and it's not a very good image of these people and i wonder how much they got paid why they want to do it and what do they think it's going to do for their careers well i think and this is probably a whole other conversation but i think it's also a reflection on like our value of uh, fame yeah like above all else like this idea that like to be famous is the is the end goal and how you get famous doesn't really matter And I think to a lot of people, it really doesn't. And especially like, I think younger people, they don't actually think, they don't think too much about it. Like, honestly, they don't overthink it. It's like, cool, like I'll get to be on TV and my friends will see me and it'll be fun. And I think you get in funny places then. It's like, 
I don't know, I would never do it because I'm too much of a control freak <laughs> and I'd want to control my image at all costs. But if, if you're 21 and it's money and, you know, I, I know why people do money it. Money and fame. And also, like, let's not forget, they ply them with alcohol. Mm. So people are not always in the, the state to be making the best long-term right. decisions for yeah. their lives. Just what a fascinating, I mean, we've talked about a lot of different shows and bounced around on different ideas. You brought a lot of culture points. What a fascinating industry. Um, and I would love to have you back talk about different shows because I know you're keen on Made in Chelsea. I feel like I need to watch a few episodes to catch up so that we can talk yeah. about it. Get 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 action points, Amy. <laughs> get Hey You and watch at least a few episodes of Made in Chelsea. And then maybe like The and Housewives in Melbourne. Um, is that like a next yes. level kind of rich? Because they're like by the beach, but they're like not American. No, so what's, I know you want to wrap, but what's so great about them is they are everything that you love about the housewives, but just like taken up to what? another level. More than like New York? The drama. Oh, more than New York. Like the fights, like the, but like real, they're really, like they're all really smart. They're really okay. funny. So like, it's, it's just, it's, I, they're, they're my absolute favorites. There's only three seasons as well. So it's not a massive investment, time investment to go back. Whereas like, if you want to get into Beverly Hills, which I also I do really enjoy, enjoy that's yeah. like 20, 20 years of Housewives <laughs> you got to dig back into. Was it that Beverly Hills and then OC is a different one? Real Housewives of OC. So I think OC, OC was the okay, original. OC was the original. Who's on Beverly Hills right now? Yeah. Oh, well, they, they're in a bit is of it the a Lena, uh, so Lisa Renna like, people? Okay. Lisa Renna, Lisa Vanderpump has oh, just God. left. It's Denise Richards. I mean, honestly, like that season of that show, we could devote an entire episode to because it is fascinating because Denise Richards essentially breaks the fourth wall <laughs> and burns the whole house down <laughs> in doing so. It's I haven't been keeping up after like one season of Lisa Renna. Like I, that was it. I mean, we have a few minutes left, but how does Lisa Renna let her daughter date Scott Disick? She's, what, 19? He's, like, 47? I don't know. Don't fact check me. But he's in his 40s. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's a bit of a pattern for him. I, mean, I know. Sophia Ritchie was How did Lionel not, Richie not, not be like, stay away from my daughter? How did he not do that? Sir Lionel Richie. I don't, I don't think he has a sir, but I'll call him a sir. <laughs> and it just it brings it back into this whole, like, reality circle, I guess, you know? Lisa Renna and Housewives, you got Scott in, you know, Keeping Up, and then you've got the tabloids and their Instagrams, almost like their own curated reality shows. Fascinating. Well, I mean, that's what's so interesting about the Kardashians, is towards the very end, you kind of saw the collision of those two worlds, because it started to be that news had broken, like, six months before the episode about yeah. the news aired. And, like, that was a really interesting needle for them to thread because it's, like, how do we still have interesting things for the show while still propping up our own <laughs> yeah. sort of empires of sharing right. our lives every day? I just love that meme of Kris Jenner. You know, anytime there's, like, a story, it's, like, Kris Jenner behind, you know, her table, like, tapping on her laptop <laughs> writing emails. <laughs> okay, Sarah, I had so much fun. I hope you did, too. And I hope you'll come back as... This was Your a joy. insights are so great, and um, it definitely gives a different perspective onto reality TV. And we're just two advocates for people watching reality TV. And I hope we massage your brain for you. And if you want to let us know what your favorite reality shows are, we'll maybe talk about it. So um, bet on Sarah coming back. I'm just saying that. I'm just inviting you back, and I'm assuming you'll say yes. I'll be there. <laughs> Thanks. Absolutely. Thank Big you, yes. Sarah. All right. Thank you, Amy. 